What is happening, my friends? Austin here with FTM Alerts, and welcome to episode number 10. Justin literally came in on the last note of that intro, man. So uh, with me, as always, my wonderful co-host, $24. Justin, I patronize the local coffee shops, Bebus, and Double Sharp, who I'll only be calling Double Sharp so the Justins don't get confused. What's up, boys? I was yes. almost a stand-in Justin, and then like last second, taken away. <laughs> All right, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna get more light in here. One sec. I'm not homeless anymore. Dude, I'm a doctor, but I'm not homeless. Dude, that is hey. absolutely amazing. So, all right, we have some. So- oh, we have so much fun shit to talk about today. Chat oh, is going I'm so, good. I'm so fired up, and we're definitely <laughs> going to talk about Exadia, which did not rug, by the way. Um, all right, so let's get to uh, let's do some topics here, man. Justin, Celsius, you got? Are you caffeinated? I need. I'm slowly getting there. You need to give me. <laughs> I'm like I'm like fucked up right now. My back. I, I was moving all yesterday. My back hurts really bad. Give me like five minutes. I'm gonna be popping. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. Nice. All right, so let's get into the topics. First one, uh, KuCoin supports mainnet Phantom. Now I. I was a huge KuCoin fan for a long time. Like they were my exchange of choice because being in the United States, they would let me trade and, and have up to a five Bitcoin per day withdrawal limit. So yeah. when they when they integrated Phantom the other day, I'm like, oh, let me go see what's going on. And I noticed they lowered the unverified withdrawal limit to one Bitcoin now, which is like, like I don't use centralized exchanges for any particular reason, but US people cannot get successfully verified with KuCoin. Like I've sent them all of my docs oh, yeah. and they wrote me back and said, we can't verify you, but they didn't close my account or anything. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Thoughts? Concerned? But, I mean, one Bitcoin now is the same as five Bitcoin when Phantom is going to start. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good so, to be honest. That's like, that's still like 50 grand. Hey, hey JB, do you have a, uh, are you using a, like a, a microphone? We have like some yes. echo going on behind you. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. There's <laughs> no problem. It's All just, right, is this better? Is yeah, better? I think you're in a room with no furniture yet. So that, I'm in a big uh, room with no furniture, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what's that going on. The sound just bing, 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 bing. All right. So, um, well, honestly, like what I care about when I look at a withdrawal limit is not uh, the U.S. dollar amount. How much, how many fanties can I get off of that exchange at a time, yeah. you know? And that's right now it's like 20,000. Or so, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I don't so know. Much. So, whatever. All damn. right. Shout out Fanties. Doing well. Shout out Kucoin. Dude, thanks, Kucoin. Yeah, no, I'm well, super I'm, glad that they added dude, us. Dude, Celsius is crazy. <laughs> if if dude, you I live do on that want a KYC, it's good. Like, if you're able to get verified, I'm sure. Like, a lot of my friends in Canada use Kucoin, and I think it's easier here. But, uh, like, if you can get verified, you get a bigger limit, or even one BTC slowly funnel in and out. Especially for people just getting into Phantom. I think it's the barrier for people initially. And I don't think people are buying more than one BTC initially. I feel like unless, you know, they're like some big boys. But uh, <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> like an on-ramp, off-ramp, like for, for people to easily access is, is much appreciated. And it's not ERC-20. So Yeah. And it, it does also make it easier for them to list other ERC-20s from Phantom because they're just – it's all hooked up. Yeah, I get so many DMs from people that say, oh, shit, I sent my my phantom-based USDC to Binance, 
and and I don't know if people think I'm like phantom support or something, or if they think <laughs> phantom support could somehow get your tokens back, but they're like, no, bro, you must help me. And then, <laughs> you know, and then they put MetaMask in their Twitter post and then all the bots come beneath them to yeah, try and scam them out of, out of their <laughs> seed words. So whatever. All right. Let's keep this cruise in here because we have we just we have some juicy shit coming up. I want to get to it, but I do want to talk about the, the recent price action. So, all right, we hit we if you look at Binance, we actually hit an all time high at sixty nine thousand. It could not have like it, it wasn't even sixty nine oh one. It was sixty nine thousand. And I know CZ did something there. He's like, oh, this is where we're gonna stop that bitch, yeah, right? Bastard. And then you know China went. Oh man, I thought we were I thought we were killing this Bitcoin thing. You know, drop the China fud now, and there goes Evergrande. I don't know. How are you guys feeling about the market right now, Justin? I know you really don't watch it, but Double Sharp Twenty Four. What do you guys got for me? I mean, I was about to make a comment about how I was barely watching it. Like I missed the. the I like didn't find out about Evergrande until it had already like flipped around or whatever. So it was like a roller coaster in two minutes of reading. All right. All right. I just I still have been not paying attention. Uh, I'm just really not worried. Like, obviously, that's kind of like a pocket situation where I guess like couple, last two days you're going to see kind of a bearish trend. But it's we're still bullish. Like overall as crypto, I'm not too worried. Like I'm not seeing anything like May again. So until that happens, like I think we're OK. <laughs> Like this is just a like what was it a three four percent move? Um, I'm not sure if they defaulted. The news is kind of weird on Evergrande if they paid it last minute or if they defaulted or not. But that sort of stuff always is going to kind of affect the market. But if anything, I'd be worried about is uh, I read this on Twitter, but the the number sixty nine thousand is kind of a meme. Like I wouldn't. That could be crazy resistance in the future. I hate to say it. It's just how people brains work. Yeah. Oh, like, man. oh, I got to sell next time at, at 69000 Resistance until it's support. Yeah. Uh, there are so many rich, like, millennial trolls that I would not doubt that uh, that is a thing. Can you hear me all right? Is there less echo now? No, yeah, that's better, man. You sound... Uh... Woo-hoo. Sound like a like a like a, a radio announcer, like a baseball announcer, but not on AM, on FM, which is good. You know, you sound a little okay. bit better. Put up so, <clears throat> as far as like you know, back when we like took a huge shit at what was it? It was sixty two, and then it just went down. Not the recent one, but the one back in May. I actually don't remember what the top was. Um, was like, <clears throat> top was ninety something cents, but we were at seventy eight cents. We just pumped because I just got in at the time, and then yeah, we got. Oh, you talking about Phantom? Okay. Oh, but overall, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Bitcoin. And I like, I was worried about the Evergrande stuff. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you guys recall. So we've done 10 episodes, which is like a billion years in crypto time. But we did have an episode where we chatted about Evergrande and them defaulting and how that was might cascade into other industries. At this point, though, I feel like any of the Evergrande bullshit with the amount, it was announced a long time ago. I feel like most of it is actually priced in at this point. Um, and yeah. with the way that you can tell institutions are moving this market with the shortened cycles, the shortened bear cycles. And, you know, so for me, like I am, I feel as though I'm really well positioned in what LPs I want to have out there, what farms I'm in, in my long-term bags. I'm not touching anything, man. I'm just rolling with this bitch because if we do see another event, like we had in May, well, we're just talking about a couple of months, like just, 
shuffle on through, you know, but I, on, I actually think we're at the very next leg of a really hard bull run. That's my personal opinion for what it's worth. So <clears throat> I'm bullish, yeah. bullish. All right. And I've so, dealt with these real estate guys so much these past four months that honestly, if Evergrande defaults, I'd be happy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm evil. Sorry. <laughs> That's terrible. USDC maxi. So we have a shite load of ohm forks that are launching on Phantom. And this is our segue wait. into the gossipy shit that we're going to talk about here in a minute. But, um, <clears throat> Worth playing, money grabs. Uh, what do you guys think about all this? Justin's wall is on camera right now. That's all I can see is his wall. <laughs> I'm trying to get some lighting going. <laughs> you got uh, it. Definitely worth playing if you have the tolerance for it. Like I've seen like calculators on time where even if the token loses 90%, that 200k APR will will cover it in a year's time. So like. Only if you have the tolerance. I say that because I remember, like, even a week ago, the chat was going crazy. Like, if you don't have the tolerance for price swings or buying and selling at the right time, just stay away. But for everyone else, as long as it's Seifu and it's not really a rug, because that <laughs> happens. Sometimes you want to be real early, but uh, you get early to a rug party. So be careful there. But, yeah, it should definitely worth playing. Yeah. Anyone the thing is, like, own forks, like, they are so profitable that even if they are, like, an intended rug, there's <laughs> still so much money to make. It's pretty crazy. I don't touch them just because I'm really risk-averse, but um, it is literally programmed to only go up uh, for a while, as long as there's interest. I mean, it's just like a super Ponzi, which, you know, I talked about it last week, like, there's a point, it, like with Bitcoin, where you kind of ascend beyond your Ponzi's, Ponzi-nomics roots, you know? <laughs> um, and the original Olympus project probably has a big enough team and enough weight behind it to maybe do that eventually. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's just freaking, it's the same thing every season. People are just going to do this until... All the forks like suck all of the energy out of everyone and then they're tired of it and then they take a break from crypto and then a new Ponzi shows up and it all begins again. That's right. <clears throat> so last week, uh, Double Sharp and I, we had a Zoom call with, uh, so he goes by King Tut on, right? It was King Tut that we had the call with. Um, mm -hmm. And he was, you know, telling us about the plans for Giza Dow and then I wake up and then all of a sudden, you know, mom and dad broke up and it just, can you tell us what happened there, Double Sharp? Like, I don't, I don't really know what went down. I can, uh, I can give you my perspective on what happened, which is not necessarily super in depth, but um, you know, like, like you mentioned, we had a conversation with them, kind of just find out what was going on with the project. I was thinking about maybe being involved, um, and just you know, seeing what could, what, what, what the plans were, all that sort of stuff. I think I had a little bit of a misunderstanding about uh, some of the relationships with some of the other people who were involved with with that project and um so i kind of got caught caught off guard too but like basically what seemed to happen is yesterday i guess seems like longer ago but uh there there was uh you know a difference of opinion on how when 
to launch the protocol, whether or not it should be audited, whether or not uh, people should be doxxed. Um, the King Cut, myself, I think Austin kind of believed that people should be doxxed. And, um, you know, there was offers from Spirit to have their developers audit contracts for free and stuff like that. And that wasn't, uh, that wasn't, that was too expensive, I guess. Um, so anyway, uh, most of the people who were working on that decided not to work on it. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm saying that at this point, I know literally nothing about what's going on with that project. Okay. Well, I will tell you guys. So, <clears throat> so we did have a Zoom cameras on with King Tut, and my feeling for what it's worth, like he had a very definitive roadmap laid out as to what his vision for this project was going to be. Uh, I felt like we had a really constructive call. He was not like, you know, how some guys like they want to be pseudonymous and they don't want to dox. And but like w when I ask somebody, hey, hop on a Zoom call with me, like it's never going to go past me and you talking to one another about your project, right? Because FGM Alerts is a, you know, we do this for free, right? So we're not going to risk our reputation on somebody that won't even turn a camera on to chat with us. You know, that's just too damn risky. So I do want to tell you that he was very forthcoming. We had a really, really nice half hour, maybe 45 minutes conversation. Um, I don't know what the back end fighting was all about, but you know, for me personally, like I will definitely be following along with what, uh, what he's been doing and um and when og you know that's all i have to say when og yeah, so, yeah and I mean, that 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 is i mean that was why i was open to you know having the call too is because it did seem like they the team was interested in doing things in a legit way and making sure that they were engaging the community and not rushing rushing things along which are all things that i'm interested in because that seems more sustainable yeah. um and i think i mean you know honestly i think that one of the biggest disconnects is that who owns the Twitter account and things like that. So <laughs> as far as marketing goes, there's uh, probably going to be a new brand, I think. It's, it's <clears throat> the biggest difference that I can see. Yeah, I mean, to me, like, I remember when that guy was trying to get rolling with his own fork. Um, I was really turned off because he just came off to me as, like, an ideas guy. Um, who like has all these grand ideas, but no real way to implement them or, or make them a reality. Um, and that is like fairly common, um, especially with the forks. Again, it reminded me of the yearn forks and the core forks back in the day. It's people like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then long term, I'm going to do this crazy thing that I couldn't possibly do in a million years, but I'm just going to say I can do it because I think once I have enough money from the core fork or the ohm fork or the whatever fork, it'll just be easy. And the reality is you can't hire devs one. You can't like just suck DeFi domain knowledge into your head. It takes a lot of study and a lot of experience. Um, and yeah, people just bite off way more they, than they could chew. And then it always leads to this sort of infighting. Um, and it, it's like, the reason that they're fighting about stuff that literally doesn't matter is because neither of them want to do the project um, or whoever is doing it. Like they are realizing how difficult it's going to be and trying to hit that self-destruct button. That's just a guess. You know, maybe they're just 10 year olds. But if you're fighting about like little things like that, um, Run in the other direction. Like people, people that are self-destructing, they know that they don't really want to be doing what they're doing. Um, yeah, when I think 
it was partially a red flag. I mean, the, the major split seemed to be around whether or not having contracts audited was a good thing to do and whether or not people should dox. So I think, I mean, and then the, the split really came because the, the side that disagreed with being doxed and having audits controlled the, the brand. And so. Yeah, that's, and, and Spirit offered to audit it for free. Wow. More or less. I mean, it was literally, yeah. literally all that takes is, is like someone going into diff checker and a, a big recommendation um, to anybody who at least has the ability to read phantom chant, uh, phantom scan, go to the website diff checker. And whenever you're messing with a fork, just compare all the contracts to the original in diff checker. Um, and that's literally probably what spirit was going to do. And that's like really valuable. Um, and why would you not? <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's what I do too. That's how I start off doing an audit too. And that, and it, it's also, it's not that it's, you're going like doing anything super crazy, but it's their trusted team. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Like why, like literally if, if, a team offers to review your contracts for free. That is when you get on your knees and start thanking them. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's like three hours of their time. And, and for DeFi developers, especially those who have enough experience to do a security review of contracts, like that's an expensive three hours they're giving you for free. So I would say major red flag. I would say I personally, like I'm risk averse. But normally I'd like maybe sit and watch and enjoy, you know, like I've been enjoying the Exodia thing. Um, but uh, I would be running in the other direction with this yeah. King Touch shit or, or whatever it is. Um, well, that's just it's not internal, not right? It's out in public. I feel like once it, you can argue, you can dispute, but once it's public and yeah. there's a kind of bickering, it's just like, ugh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Happen with baby boo, certain, yeah. certain stuff should be internal, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not a good look overall. It's just like, where's the direction going from now if you guys have two parties? Yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and it, it belies a, a total lack of either leadership or respect for the leadership. And the lack of respect for the leadership kind of points me in the ideas guy doesn't know what he's doing um, yeah. direction. So, I would love to be proven wrong uh, if anybody from there is watching this. But, um, yeah, it's like uh, there are so many ohm forks that you don't need to go to the one that's already, like, having disputes before launch. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, be, just chill out. That's like ultra degen. That's like buying Hertz at the bottom, except Hertz instead of, like, a, a company that everybody knows. It's like, you know... I don't know, <laughs> Giza Dow, but um, yeah, just chill out, guys. <laughs> don't don't no, buy that shit. It should be stated, like, and I know somebody put it in the comments, right? These are creative ways of wrapping Ponzi's, is what they are, right? Let's not get ahead of ourselves and think Ooh. we're, you know, opening a clothing store somewhere, whereas an exchange <laughs> of goods, like most of what's happening in crypto including justin celsius addiction uh is uh you know they're creative ways of wrapping ponzi's and they can be very 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 profitable um if you play them right and you hop on board with a team that is decent you know yeah. so i i just having been on a call with uh king tut i do agree with you that it, it's it it screams lack of leadership and so all right he's probably behind the eight ball 
how, what are you going to do now? You know? So, and I'll, I'll definitely give him that chance and I'm going to follow along with, you know, with whatever he's putting out and we'll see, you know, we'll see. I know double sharp will let me know if anything gets weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my take on it too, is that like things do seem weird, but I also think it also makes, it does make me feel a little bit better that like the other, the rest of the team kind of saw some red flags and were like, we don't want to be involved with this. So it wasn't like they, uh, you know, there wasn't any money that changed hands yet or anything yeah. before this happened. So that's, I mean, I see that as being kind of a good thing that, you know, the breaks yeah. got put on where people were throwing money into something. And if people, and like, as far as I know, Gizadal is still going to launch and all that. And if people want to do it, they're welcome to, but yeah, um, but I do appreciate people, you know, saying I, this isn't something I actually want to get involved with now that I know more. And I know that there's been conversations with people at spirit, myself, some other people who are like, Hey, have you checked into this? You might want to think about this. Um, and so, you know, I think to some extent people are, uh, are, not all experts and are still learning some of this stuff. So I can give people some respect and benefit of the doubt for like trying to do the right things and, and kind of, you know, rolling with the punches as it, as it goes, who knows where everything ends up landing. But I mean, I'm, I'll still pay attention. I'm kind of interested in. in all <laughs> yeah. this stuff and, these are you know, fun. Like, these are like these, these like forks, like, cause, cause it's guys that like see an opportunity to make a bunch of money and like, I mean, it seemed like he wasn't like purely in it for the money. It seemed like he actually was like, did want to do something long term. I'm sure he wanted to be like the guy, the ideas guys all want to be Elon Musk, you know? So, you know, I'm sure he had some like grand vision. I'm sure it was rooted in greed somehow, but, uh, I, you know, it's cool. You know, his grand vision. That's um, like a, this is like the crypto thing too, right? Like everybody wants a 10 year roadmap. And like the end of it has to be super amazing or no one wants to invest <laughs> now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's things change so fast that it's, it's super unrealistic to like define something that you're going to do clearly yeah. that long out. But it's, it's so weird. I mean, given a lot of my background in, in you know, regular IT, non yeah. same sort of thing, but it, and it's the relationship with developers and expectations for people to know what, what you're doing that far out and how exactly it's all going to play out is, it's strange to me because I think everyone knows that that's not how Ridiculous. it's really no, go, but they still yeah. want you to say it. Like, and uh, you need to be able to adapt. Like that's the whole point of tech is that you can pivot right. and adapt and you can have a really lightweight team. Like at Reaper, we maybe plan six months ahead and then everything else is fairly abstract. It's like we have our, our six month like things that we can action on right now. And then, the space will be so developed after that six months that it's like, okay, we need to be assessing at least once a month, yeah. at least, you know, every other As week go, to, yeah. to some degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, you know, our, our vision is just like make the world better. Um, you know, help house people with our profit, <laughs> you know, that's our 10 year vision. Um, anything beyond that is like how we do that. Like we've got a creative enough team that, you know, and a skilled enough team that we can just get there no matter what. Um, but the people that say, I'm going to make, you know, integrate these things that have never been integrated before. And I'm going to do it as the guy you've never heard of. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> there's patents for it, time machines. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even make one yet. Yeah. I'm waiting. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, you need, like, honestly, I would recommend that like, 
regular people read like pragmatic programmer just so they understand when software developers are bullshitting or guys are bullshitting or like any any of the like classic like software like tech agnostic books <laughs> yeah yeah they can't know once they know they'll they won't ape into these projects anymore but just try to learn how software gets developed you know and uh you won't run into these problems anymore because you'll be able to sniff out bullshit in one second um and that's like i guess that's the value of having like a, an advisor if you're an investor or something like that um just like you know it's easy to not invest in something when you know right away that it's bullshit um but there is still a lot of money to be made just because apes will ape anytime a token is minted. Um, so it's tough. It is what That's it is. That's true. Apes going to yeah. ape, man. We have we have a really juicy topic to pull up next, and it's pretty much like 50% of our to- of our comments here. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about Exodia for a second. Um, I'm going to give you guys the facts I have, and then yeah. we can go from Here. there into the uh, what the fuck actually happened, right? <clears throat> All right, so here are the facts that I have. Uh, I had a call with the a man purporting to be the lead developer of Exodia. I believe that it was because I conversed with him. Um, uh, he was very forthcoming. And in fact, on that call, he told me, he said, our biggest... Um, our biggest problem right now is we have one person that holds 500 tokens and it's a big problem for us. Like we don't know what to do about it. Right. So he was very forthcoming on that call with me. He could have said nothing. And for anyone that's over there going, well, the dev was holding those tokens. Well, I, I don't personally think so. Like I, if I were holding most of the supply in a wallet that I wasn't identifying as my own, I sure as hell wouldn't go telling people that, Hey, this is a problem unless you know, because it wasn't it wasn't in FTM skin, it wasn't in their wallet, it was in Exodia. So I would literally have to go like scan through all the wallets on DBank or something to find that out, you know. So um, but he was very forthcoming with that. So all right, fast forward to five AM this morning. Uh I, you know, check my phone as I normally do when I'm getting up to take a leak or something and and I see the price crashing. Uh, and I ran to my computer because I wanted to <laughs> catch this damn dip if, if, if it wasn't Armageddon, right? Um, yeah. And I was actually a few hours past the crazy FUD storm. Um, I did end up buying some at around 2500 And so here's another fact I want to share with you guys. Um, it is factual that I'm on the multi-sig. It is factual that Erie's on it. It is factual that Fiery Dev is on it. It is factual that they migrated the treasury onto the multi-sig this morning. Those are facts, okay? Um, how you want to speculate beyond that is completely up to you. I do want to talk later on in the show about what a multi-sig is and what does it actually mean because it is not a rug-proofing tool. Um, if somebody holds a lot of the supply, they could still, you know, flatten the damn market but those are the facts as i have them and i think 24 you were kind of like digging into this this morning can you give us a play-by-play on what happened no i was i was looking into it but yeah like you can see like on the bottom there i guess one of the mods just kind of went on a storm he might have been drunk just talking about the whale (laughs) and i guess he's just mad because people snipe contracts if a snipe contract comes and before someone tweets it you see the bots throwing 10 ftm at it it's just out there, and I guess somebody threw 10k at it, and that's that same whale. And you just like, you know, there's just a lot of speculation, but like Austin said, there's also facts too, right? And you know, 
people just get early in sometimes and and you do have to deal with whales and you hope that they either otc it or they kind of lp or do anything that that isn't <laughs> not good for the project but stuff happens flood storms happen but uh you know doesn't help with the mod there i think the mod kind of made it worse because he's actually a mod for the team i guess but uh he did so i mean what happened what ended up happening from that is the 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 guy with 500 cashed out. They were he had moved it into three different wallets. They were following his wallets. Apparently, they got emptied, right? And I'm yeah. in because I'm on the multi sig. I'm in a private chat with the developer and other people that have kind of grabbed onto it because I, I believe it is a single developer um, yeah. who's behind it, right? And there is actually a team that's kind of forming up around them. Um, that you know. For whatever it's worth, I don't have a bad feeling about that project. I actually like it, and I actually bought more this morning because, for me, just from from what I've seen, I like them. I I think it's a it's a I think they have a good thing going. And so, part of the FUD, from what I understand, twenty four. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they are transitioning to a DAO, and yeah. essentially what that means is they're going to give other people right some level of control and i think the way that the fud went down was the developers leaving the project which is not true i talked to him literally yeah. right before the show uh so i don't know uh just yeah a lot of speculation you know the what's that term where one guy says something and it kind of gets misconstrued and then keeps passing on forget the the term but like it's it's just switching to a DAO, everyone now can participate and make decisions where the I guess the treasury money goes and what they do with the protocol. It's just that combination of mod, this, speculation. Um, it's great for guys like us, though, because I look at the price and it was a great entry for me as well this morning. So, like, I can't... <laughs> you guys like, are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, but, like... Uh, it happens. Look at two, man. Like, I feel like it happens. it happens on Phantom. These bank runs or if something gets hacked, I, I hate to say it. Sometimes you got to buy when there's blood on the ground. USDC moon. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude in the, in the comments keeps saying the dev and the whale are the same person. You might that, be that, right. Like there's also a troll. But there's absolutely no way for it. I'll give him some airtime. Fuck it. Uh, yeah. There's absolutely no not. way for any of us to prove whether or not that's true. Um, People are looking for it. Would be, it would, this would be it would be dumb to that wouldn't be how you would do it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I also just maybe maybe that is true and maybe that's what happened. But as a developer, I would like to think that other developers would be smarter and smarter about how to maximize the amount of money they were able to extract. And that's not how you would do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like uh, definitely like a normal thing that happened. Like people are constantly looking at new tokens for, for contracts that are copies of own because when, when you verify a contract, like a, an Olympus contract, Phantom Scan will verify that the bytecode is the same as another Olympus contract and verify it automatically. So you can tell that it's an ohm fork the instant it hits the network. Um, so there are people looking for liquidity and instantly aping, 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 aping blah, 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 uh, every time. Dude, this, this Celsius is crazy. Um, so um, what I will say, like, like the big risks here um, are one, a single developer, um, uh, you know, I would say unless they can get another like solid solidity guy or two, which is almost impossible nowadays, it will be a short term project um, Two, uh, if they do do a DAO, um, I think they definitely should um, 
not do any sort of like token based system while they're dealing with this whale shit because then they can just get Sybil attacked. Um, and so like, if you remember baby boo 24, when we first started getting going and we were trying to, uh, you know, suss out the whale situation, um, like I was literally adding everyone every single day, pretty much saying, sell your shit now, sell, sell, sell. Um, just because like distribution is really, really, really important. Um, and it also like will selling, that's like a temporary issue, a very, very temporary issue. Like, um, you just like hope they sell all at once instead of, you know, suppressing the price for, for days or weeks on end. Um, but it is like a temporary issue. Um, and once, you know, they get rid of their tokens and, and once everything gets more distributed, you have a stronger protocol. Um, so these guys that snipe contracts, um, you know, I think it's pretty despicable, honestly, because it like totally, you know, ruins projects, uh, straight up. Um, as you can see here, this has happened a million times. I remember bomb trying to defuse their whale bomb, uh, for like F bomb. If you, if you know of that project, um, that was like a really, really delicate situation. And we had to pay that guy a lot of money and talk him down. And he was asking for hundreds of thousands of dollars and we talked him down to, um, a more normal amount and OTC everything away. But, um, yeah, these wheels, like you need, you need to be like, Hey, one, all of that wealth in your wallet is notional. Like literally you are not the project. You contribute nothing. Everybody can just dump on you and then you'll be left with nothing. Okay. So OTC that to everyone or, you know, gather OTC people, OTC it. If you can't get them to just sell it on the market outright, because if he market dumps and the price goes minus 60, 70, 80%, that's awesome. You know, um, cause then the LP is sucking up a lot of that and then people can just buy the dip and uh, things can go forward. So I hope that big dip this morning was the whale selling. I, I'm not keeping that close track of the project, but it is interesting. Any All of the Ponzi projects have these periods where it's like pure community level drama and security issues. And it's like all, all the game theoretical stuff that makes DeFi fun um, kind of boils into, into something like that. So um, it's really fun to watch. And, and I would like to see how the advisors like Erie and you, Austin, um, you know, kind of segue into the next leg of, of growth uh, because, you know, there will be more whales and there will be more people with way too much Exodia and it's just about snipping them off. Um, and the temporary price action isn't a big deal. Um, I would just say, yeah, uh, they need more developers because Ohm is, is very complex um, and it requires a fairly large team. Um, and that developer, I'm sure, is getting tired. And if that was the developer, the guy selling it, then, um, you know, if he continues developing, be happy because now he doesn't have to deal with financial stress and can uh, actually work full time <laughs> on the project probably. Um, so I did actually just ask them in the chat real quick. How much, so they have two developers and apparently they just got a commitment from a third, which is not a bad team. <clears throat> and I do, I do want to address something that Open Deer put uh, keeps saying on the side. So, and so uh, from what I was shown, the the whale who we're going to apparently keep talking about uh, was the twelfth buy of the token, not the first, not the second, not the fifth, the twelfth, right? And an ape of 10K, like I, I understand, I don't want to sound insensitive when I when I say what I'm about to say. That is a very 
very small buy for a lot of crypto players. You might be thinking this is a big buy, but if you've got many millions, you know, sniping with 10K is a small ape. Uh, he probably didn't buy more because it was just moving the market too damn much. You know, like this is not a huge buy, although a lot of people and it may feel like a big buy. It's really not for anyone that got lucky on a couple of tokens early on. And, you know? I mean, that's the thing about crypto is to some extent DeFi like levels the playing field and people like to talk about how it makes things more equitable. But the fact of the matter is some people have a lot less than others. And if you want to have an auction and bid on something against somebody who has 200 million phantom and you're like i'm doing really well i have a hundred thousand like you're gonna lose because they're like a hundred thousand is nothing yeah so, like they can yeah. literally just be like yeah i'll just i can just drop whatever on this because i kind of want it or like i might want it yeah, uh, yeah. so it's not totally fair and so to some time. people ten thousand dollars is like more money than they have and to some people they wouldn't notice if you stole it from them so yeah i think the point he's making as well is it's ten thousand die i think with Exodia, the pair was die Exodia. I think he's trying to mention like he had die ready for the swap. Maybe I don't know. Well, is that's that true that's, or that's did... like a stretch times a million? It's but like, like yeah. everyone oh, has die USDC. Just to buy Exodia. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, honestly, Why though, would, would you even wallet just to buy baby boom? <laughs> I mean, unless you were checking the transaction. Honestly, maybe somebody went in and granularly like checked his singular buy. To yeah. see that it was only die, but I mean, it could have very well gone from Phantom through the die pool over. Oh no, to... that's that's what I did this morning. Yeah. The only reason it. someone would hold die is to buy Exodia. You know, that's, <laughs> of course, no other reason. Yeah, there's. I can't think of any other reason someone would hold. <laughs> yeah, you need the to number one Celsius, I love this. <laughs> Dude, it makes me evil. Dude, I've oh. finished half of this and I'm literally shaking. This is like messed up. <laughs> Oh um, my god. And the APY, don't advertise the APY because like that yeah. is like the APY is literally like nothing. All of that is like inflation. Like the APY is designed to lower the price down to a dollar. Um so you need to like chill out. To 212,000 <laughs> APY for ohm is the same as 0% APY. So just think about the price and maybe temper the price of the token if you're staking against that income and then if everyone holds then sure it might go up but um just like that's just flashy that's just to make people excited look look in maybe the weekly time frames or even for a project as volatile as exodia the daily time frames um for yield the apy yeah. is is a literal joke if this project is around in a year <clears throat> i will uh eat something gross i don't so the current yield from what I can tell right now is 0.7% every epoch. So what's that? 2.1% per day with eight hour rebase schedules. So that, that's honestly what it is, right? And, and the APY number, you know, if it were APR, what would we be looking at? Like 800% or something like yeah. that, right? So if it were a APY, they take it and like most of that APY would happen compounding. with constant compounding in the last yeah. two months of that year. So yeah, APY is kind of a fake number like Fubair says. Yeah. All right. I was going to be a trillionaire at the end of the year. I thought, yeah, come on. Dude, Reaper keeps sorry, telling me that uh, my Beethoven stack is going to be worth sorry. a jillion. I remember we, we tried to roll out without APY because we thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever. And people were getting mad at us and we like were saying, Oh, the yield on beefy is so much better because, you know, 
the AP, the, the yield per month times 12 is way lower on your website. And I was like, ah, okay. Hmm. Well, I guess we need to play the like silly APY game, but I'm in the APY business and I think it's bullshit. Um, even on something like USDC phantom, um, I like risk adjusted. I like cut that in half. Um, and for, for like the least volatile pairs or the most secure pairs, I still just look at the monthly. Um, and it's just like anything other than that is pure hopium, copium, you know, smokium. You need to chill out. <laughs> That's my number one advice to all you like guys in DeFi getting excited about all the numbers. Just chill out. Okay. Just chill out, you know, get enough money for like a Herman Miller chair, you know, that should be your goal. And then once you have that, you'll be so comfortable that you'll just perfectly trade against everybody and you'll win every trade. Damn, I got to go buy one of those now, man. That is the greatest ad yeah. for Herman Miller. Uh, all right. We I, gotta have, I, I have one, but it's like falling apart. I have like a cup holder keeping me from cutting Dude. my arm. I have the oh, gamer Herman that. Miller. It's that beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, I, I, I'm not a gamer. I don't game at all. But well, I, maybe once in a while. But um, I got this because it was I was like dealing with back pain so bad that I could barely walk. Um, and I had my back brace on. I walked into the Herman Miller store in Century City and I was like, I need a chair right now because I was sitting on a freaking lawn chair and it was like ruining my life. Um, yeah, that's a fourteen hundred dollar yeah. chair. I'm looking at it right now. I'm yeah, not hating cheap. on you because I'm probably gonna buy it, but like I just want to write off. Okay. A significant amount of your life sitting in a chair. It's Dude. not. It's like cost per set is pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> and Herman, I, Herman Miller, dollars, but I bought it in like 2006 or something. It's also Herman Miller literally does up, rub like, tests awesome. on all their chairs. Like this will this will last like. 20, 30, 40 years if I really wanted to. Did you just say they do rub tests? I'm afraid to even ask what Yeah, they, there's no, they, they literally like <laughs> rub the material and they they sit in the material like a million times, have like a robot constantly sitting down in it. And uh, they tell you how many like of that action the chair can withstand. And it's in the hundreds of thousands for these chairs. Oh. Like your chair, your chair would fall apart after like 10,000, you know? You need to get a Hermie Millie. I don't know why you don't have a Hermie Millie. Often. Dude, we have 200 people watching this stream. If we spend any more time talking about your damn chair, they're going to get pitchforks and torches. All right. So to end the Exodia, all that shit. Um, yes, I'm on the multi-sig. Erie's on it. Fiery Dev is on it. I think they have good intentions. There's more than one dev. Uh, and shit can still go wrong, so don't be stupid. And it's still a, a fun way of wrapping up a Ponzi. Okay, moving on. Um, so I had a call with Ken Pecky Finance, um, Tobias, who I just love Tobias, man. He was super cool. So this is a lending platform that's coming over. It's the same guys that did yield credit over on Ethereum. And I learned about them. Uh, this dude, Julian, told me about them a long, long time ago. He's actually the guy that did binary punks. And uh, he was like, yo, yield credit's coming over. They're waiting on a chain link feed, which, of course, oh. we didn't get that for a while. Right. But now we got it. So check out Campeki. It's a different type of lending platform. And he, he explained it to me in a way that like they're trying to build in such a way that the team is non-existent. Right. And, and so basically the way that it works is like this. If you're a lender, 
you pick the APR you're willing to lend at between one and we'll call it 10%, right? So what that kind of creates is for people that are lending a bit of a competitive market. It's not a, it's a fixed APR or APY maybe uh, lending platform. It's not variable like Geist or, or Aave or any of them. And then on the borrower side, you pick what you're willing to pay as a borrower and the higher APR that you're willing to pay, at some point, there's going to be a small token emission there. 100% of the profits from the platform are automatically used to buy back and burn their token. Um, and uh, they're trying to make it in such a way that even if a regulator came and looked at it, they would have nothing to say because it's just a bunch of smart contracts interacting with one another. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty fired up about these guys. Like they. They, you know, I'm a layman when it comes to a lot of this shit, but they definitely sound like they know their stuff. They have a very, very cool vision for what they want to put together. Um, were any yeah. of you guys in Yield Credit? Have you heard of them over on, on Ethereum? Um, I'm not, uh, but um, <laughs> I remember all the rumors of them coming over a long time ago. Um, and I will say, like, uh, like peer-to-peer lending is awesome. I think, like, Rari Capital and Fuse Pools are awesome. Um uh, I would, my main like thing that I, de- de- you know, derive from you saying all this is one, like they're making a new token on this chain. Um, so they're kind of forgetting about value capture on Ethereum, which tells me um, they're probably hurting for money or something like that. Um, and, you know, as far as the investability, um, actions like that are not ones that belie like long-term vision, whatever. Um, and if they're going for something that's like truly hands-off, we don't want to mess with it. Um, you know, uh, this will never be like a blue chip or something like that. Um, like I would say, like if you're able to make like migrate your token to another chain and if you have long enough term vision to like, you know, grow a single token, um, that's how you get on the Coinbase, the Binance, whatever. That's how you become like really an important project. Um, and it seems like that really isn't this in the is a, This is a token migration. Uh, the yield token is is migrating to Campeki. There's a huge, if you go to yield.credit. It's turning huge... into Campeki? They're yes. changing the name? Yes. And oh, okay. They can do mind. that right on a yeah, yeah. It, There's a giant banner at the top of their site. <laughs> yield is turning into Campeki. Um, okay, oh, no, okay. Awesome. Going, yeah. I'm excited then. I didn't look, yeah. So wait, they're going from yield on Ethereum to Kenpeki on FTF. On FTF yeah, it's kind of exactly. like how Iron Finance did that. You know how they changed the ticker on Phantom? Just they're, so it would be different. How dare you? A rebrand. The two. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, interesting then. That's that's cool. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, peer-to-peer lending is freaking awesome. Um, and, uh, I'm excited about this. Definitely. Then, um, I was like, it's just like buy back and burn Epic X, Y, Z. Like that is just like, I will use the platform. I will not be purchasing their token is all I got to say. When, and there goes, I, there goes Dustin I do screen. wonder if <laughs> regulators have nothing to look at. Like if they are relying on Oracle feeds, then there is a point of weakness. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, uh, you know, I don't know how that, they're using are they, are they planning on making any money, which I promise they are. It's like, so it's kind of like, they're trying to be fully decentralized from day one. Um, and without like a fleshed out governance and, uh, you know, it takes time to really build up to that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It seems like, uh, 
you know, they're just going to poop some smart contracts on chain, um, which the smart contracts I'm excited about. The token, I am not. I hate coins. Uh, you're such a grump. So that is Tobias, I assume, that's over here in the comments right there. And he's we're going to be doing an AMA. Uh, I didn't even mean to hit that one, but apparently now we got to talk about 8-Bit Nostalgia. Um, so, <laughs> but I'll be doing an AMA with him and I'll ask him all this stuff. You know, my, my assumption was that there are team tokens and the appreciation of those team tokens are how they get paid. And that's pretty much it. But I don't know. So... Let's move on. We hammered that one out pretty good. Uh, just liquidity. So, okay. All right. Jewel. Uh, they are <laughs> launching. Uh, so they're launching a debit card that can be funded with Phantom or USDC. And it, so they were a Binance Launchpad project. And yeah. they, uh, what he told me was they tried to launch on BSC, but they couldn't. It just did not. It wasn't fast enough. It wasn't cheap enough for them to make it work. And so... What he kind of explained to me is not just a debit card, like every debit card that we know of is pretty much centralized. Somehow they're decentralizing this so that when you go to make a purchase, it checks your balance and auto sells it into dollars and then allows you to make that purchase or something crazy like that. <laughs> Again, we'll be doing an AMA with him. Uh, so I'll kind of like get the feel for it. You know what I mean? But it's cool that yeah. he's using, I love that he's using Phantom and that we were the ones to be able to give him what he needed to deploy. You know? Yeah, I thought about this before because I've done like point of sale stuff in the past. I think uh, you know ERC twenties are going to be harder to use for this than native Phantom if you're looking for speed um, and you know massive throughput. I also think that I'm also a little I'm curious how you can use a debit card in a decentralized fashion because that's just a centralized yeah. network. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a similar idea, but it was sort of using NFC on a cell phone or something to bypass the actual uh, credit card network. So that's that's part of that. I would I'm like kind of curious how how you'd make a, a debit card work with that process. You can't. I, well, yeah, you just can't creatively work. I mean, I mean what what Austin described is like the classic way to make a crypto debit card is you just sell the tokens to settle the transaction in US yeah. dollars, um, which is what every every single debit card does this, like the Coinbase card, the CryptoCom card, which is fine. It's like a yeah. really useful that is service. Actually, I, that is like I take back what I say. If that's what you're doing, then using ERC20s mm -hmm. are less of a less important because you're not actually. Yeah. Um, of transactions you're just queuing up a, you know a settlement um which yeah it's like uh it's a classic sort of thing the fact that they're supporting phantom is i guess why it's special which um awesome it's, if it's mainnet yeah. phantom especially that's really really cool um yeah. it's just another service uh for us on the chain which yeah. services are just really important to grow an economy especially like a tech driven economy so um awesome yeah i uh and new yeah. new kinds of projects are good too, right? Like this is it's not a fork of something else. Yeah, so that's good to see too. Yeah, I I think like um, a lot of like the debit card stuff, like they kind of need their own like chain, like and they need like a pure like transaction GPS. settlement chain. Yeah, like plugging into Phantom is just them trying to suck Phantom liquidity out. Like you need a good product, and then you need like your own token on your own chain that is totally optimized for speed, like like an Elrond or an, or an Avalanche, like pure transaction layer, like ABFT, Cody, I know is coming eventually. Um, but this is cool just because it lets us plug in, you know? 
Um, I wouldn't say it's the future of finance, but it is cool. It's not the future of France. It is not the future of France, but it is. Well, I mean, it's, if it's a, it's a, a lot of us, if you have it's, crypto, it's better than fiat. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, it's like Jack yeah, in the Box. You know, Jack in the Box isn't the future of, of food, but it's still they're open till one a.m. and they're you know they're doing you right. Um, and that's kind of what this is. You know, this isn't yeah. like. A Michelin starred restaurant. This is Jack in the Box. Uh, Do you want to so, order some Amazon? Six percent back. You know, feel free. Sort yeah. of thing with your. Do family. they have Jack in the Box in Florida, Austin? Uh, not not around me. Actually, they probably do over by Disney and all that. But I I don't go. I don't go down. Oh, okay. You know, y'all been cutting double sharp off for the last five minutes. I I just got to stick up for. It. I just Sorry, have lots of random things. I just want to. I just have like comments to add on to what everybody's saying, and then I don't want to. I feel bad for interrupting. We're riffing. But no, I mean, I, I generally agree with all this stuff. I think, like, for it's also like I do think it's it's this isn't where I think paying with crypto is going long term. But I also think that you're not going to get to like a big bang scenario without without you know going credit card routes and stuff. Um, I also do think that it's easy to forget how many people are not involved with crypto, and so if you do make it easier for people to spend it and like. You know, if you if you tell people to get involved and then they're like, okay, cool, now I have it. Now what do I do? Um, it does give you more options, which makes people feel less locked in, which makes people feel more comfortable, which you know keeps growing things. Yeah. Did, what do these guys mean by WL in the comments? I don't know. Normally I know what this stuff means, but Segar Jane, what does still no WL talk mean? Are you using acronyms? I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. We're moving on. Firebird Finance. They integrated Beethoven. We finally have an aggregator for Beethoven, which makes me uber happy. Um, They're going to have the best trades on Phantom now, probably. Dude, I, I am so bullish on Beethoven. Like, all right, so I think a lot of people, what they do is they just, you know, they might join the Discord and chat for five minutes, and then they look at the token price, and they never go any deeper. They sure as hell don't read documents. Like, God forbid we open up the docs page. Yeah. This is such a good team. And Justin and I are, we're both on, on, you know, we had an advisor's call the other day with, with all of these guys and they're just like on top of it. They're going to be a whale in my opinion. Justin, what do you think? Um, yeah. I mean, Beethoven, uh, the things they have planned, like literally blow my mind. Um, it's not often my mind is blown when I have like these technical calls. Um, but it's like, and a lot of that feeds over from balancer. Like they have like, deep bouncer connection through solar curve um, and solar curve is helping them be better than bouncer um, better in that they're being a little more experimental, a little riskier with what they're doing on the front end. Um, the protocol level is still uh, um, really solid, but like because Ethereum gas fees are so expensive um, bouncer needs to manage their routing in such a way that it won't, make too many trades or too many hops when you're trying to settle a transaction. Um, and what Beethoven is doing now is they're totally throwing off uh, like the reins of Ethereum and they are innovating the fuck out of the balancer front end, which is where all the magic happens with the routing through multiple pools um, and stuff like that. So if you go on their site and you make a trade, they will break down uh, where all of the hops and things like that for you. And it's like, it is the dopest thing ever and it's going to keep getting better. And like, they have this plan for like the near term or, or, or the medium term. Um, I can't say what it is, but it's like, uh, 
like it gets me really, really excited. Um, and you know, I'm waiting for a uni V3, uh, launch on Ethereum or on Phantom. And once we have uni V3 and this new balancer stuff, it's like, we will be as advanced, uh, as Ethereum in terms of exchanges. Um, and at that point it's just about sucking in the liquidity. Um, so really, really dope. Uh, I love it. It is like one of the things that I think is interesting, which I've done in some of my like non DeFi contracts is like, I have done stuff. I was told someone the other day that it would be like super dumb to do on Ethereum. It would just be so <laughs> expensive. It, like yeah. you'd never be able to do it. And I do think that's kind of interesting about some of these projects that are actually like Phantom is EVM compatible, but you, you can then do things on the EVM that you might not choose to do on other networks. One of the interesting side effects of that is like you can, if you start developing these things on Phantom, you can't just port them back to Ethereum because they just, they won't work. So yeah. I think that it's interesting that it is, I mean, I guess that's bullish for Phantom that, that projects are doing cool stuff that you would be really challenging to port to some other networks. Yeah. My first ever Medium article introducing Byte Masons was explaining like our plan and what we were going to do. And it was literally like, we are going to take the library of audited Ethereum contracts and we are going to like push them to the max uh, with the high performance network because you can store a lot more data. Um, you can integrate a lot more automation. Um, you can do way crazier stuff and you're still limited by the EVM. Um, but uh, it is like we can do stuff that would just be inconceivable for an Ethereum developer and we can store a ton of metadata. Um, and it's like just it's seriously dope being a developer on Phantom. Um, and I'm so excited. Like the fact that they are literally just trying to improve the EVM and keep it totally compatible with our current technology stack. Like that is why I am here. Like one to one. That is why I'm here. Um, and that's Andre that like Andre was like, forget all this, like all the VC, like blockchain bullshit. It's like. Oh, we're going to make the future of XYZ. The future already exists. It's called Ethereum. Okay. And Phantom's literally trying to be a better version of Ethereum. And that is like why the developers will stay here. And they did the developer incentives so that developers could like start coming over. It's like, dude, it's just, it's the perfect storm. It's like only, only like a DeFi developer that like advises a project like Andre could have made something like Phantom happen. And it's like a, a wet dream for developers and anybody who hasn't like realized it will eventually for sure. I think I was uh, praising Simone for the uh, DeFi incentives and the way they were put together. And he said that was Andre's They plan. killed that. And yeah. That was, yeah. You know, I mean, I, well, I just, I could just like repeat all the stuff you said. So, yeah. And, and the thing You're is like, make it. Yeah, I talk a lot about how like the, the incentives can be like Sybil attacked by a rich guy and that he can just create a project and put his own money in there. But at the end of the day, that's still one TVL going on chain that wouldn't have any way. And two, like a money market being put on chain or some kind of market or some kind of DeFi entity being put on chain that wouldn't have been anyway. So it's kind of like for the really smart whales, it's like yanking their money out of their wallet just so that they can get these incentives. <clears throat> and for our next episode we'll be giving justin cocaine it'll be fine <laughs> i love it dude i love it this is the justin we all love all right moving on beethoven rocks firebird i'm so happy that you guys got on that thank you for being so diligent to make that happen 
It's great. All right. So there was a spooky vote recently uh, to. So my finance, I did a video on them not too long ago. Great guys. Met them in Abu Dhabi. They allow you to take a loan against your collateral. It's segment segmented in your own vault. You borrow against the my token, right? And yeah. uh, so the vote from Spooky's side was uh, whether to allow my finance, not that they could really stop them, but to uh, use the beefy IB tokens, right? So you take your LPs, you deposit them in beefy, uh, not Reaper. Justin should be Reaper. Should be getting on this. What? And uh, I'm sorry, never mind. And uh, <laughs> so your your tokens continue to compound, right? You continue to make your money on LPs, and you can take those IB tokens and borrow against them. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, IB just means interest bearing. So, yeah. uh, what do you guys think about this, man? I, I definitely voted yes to this proposal. I think it's it's great. It's awesome. It allows you to leverage up. It's dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the reason my isn't really big enough for it to be like super worthwhile because they can't like just mint a billion tokens yet. Um, so we're waiting for our new vault architecture. I've talked to the my guys. Um, we're just waiting for the right time. And you can rush to developments like these, but like Phantom is still so new that it's like, what's the point for, for the next few months while my grows? But it is like dope. Like I'll probably put some money in beefy just to take a loan out on my and we may even integrate some strategies. Um, like we're we're like we're like looking at integrations with like Yearn and Beefy, um, just because like they're willing to like do like Yearn is super secure and Beefy is willing to do stuff that isn't necessarily the smartest thing to do, um, just like for marketing purposes. Uh, so you can leverage stuff like that to um, have cool high yield strategies. Um, so yeah, we might do some cool stuff with that. Um, it is like cool in general. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I mean, from what I'm told, the beefy team is like a world-class team behind that project. Like they're doing some great shit. I don't know. I've only interacted with them briefly, but yeah, I, like I mean, they're, they're front end, they're like scalability. Like a lot of their architecture is just like top of the line. Um, you know, uh, their strategies, like sometimes they do stupid stuff, but they're like, doing them so fast. Um, and they're honestly like pretty secure. Like a lot of their practices are really higher class. And I worked with the beefy team when I was messing around on BSC a little bit. Um, and yeah, I got nothing bad to say about them. Um, it's definitely like, uh, you know, a thing. And so many people copy their code that it's like, they're doing like a public good. Um, and they're not being shy about it. Like the guys team doesn't verify their contracts you know, keeps everything close to their chest. The beefy team's like, fuck it. Everybody fork us. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I personally love those guys and I think they they do like a really good thing uh, for the community. Um, well, you know, the great them. thing about beefy is if you do fork their code, uh, it's the only type of code that Rugdoc will actually give you a, uh, a decent rating on. So, yeah, you know, yeah. He got paid by them. He, he definitely got paid by them. But that's a BSC thing. Like BSC, like when, when BSC came out, it was weird because everything was pay to play on there. Like if you wanted to integrate, you needed to pay money. If you want to do anything, you need to pay money. Because it was just like traditional software guys that traded on Binance being like, oh, here's this thing. Let's go on here. And everything is 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 pay to play uh, in like the big tech world. Um, all this like community, like lovey dovey, kiss kiss, love love thing on Phantom um, is pretty rare. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Some of the culture is coming over to Phantom now, but um, a lot of them are kind of 
being nice to us as well, kind of fitting into our culture, the phantom do, culture. Do you guys follow Rug Doc on Twitter? Like, I do follow him just because I, you know, he sometimes he puts out some good shit. I say he, I'm yeah. sure it's a team. I don't know what happened. I think maybe somebody took over his Twitter because he keeps tweeting these stupid dad jokes that every time I'm like, what happened to you, man? And now it's like <laughs> sponsored by this guy. But he does put out some, they put out some good videos, some cool tools like LP unwrapper if the decks goes down and nice shit, you know? So whatever. All right, let's move on. Hopefully you can help me with this double sharp. What the fuck is the metaverse? <laughs> Would somebody tell me why I am not proficient on the cutting edge of what everyone is talking about? Anyone? This is, I guess, my moment to be Justin. Um, it's the thing that people think is going to be awesome, and it's probably a lot further out than people think it is. Um, I mean, to some extent... I think it's also very loosely defined. It's kind of purposely done that way because people don't really know what it is. Loosely, it's, I think, some sort of like VR world where you can interact with people and you can own assets that are represented in that VR world. Whether it's like you're wearing a VR headset or you have concept contacts or like Neuralink into your brain. I don't know. And like, I, I you know, personally, I think this is like saying that something is going to be a metaverse is the same as saying that you're going to invent a time machine at the end of your three-step plan because <laughs> no one team is going to build a VR world. Uh, I do think that there's like a lot of cool stuff you can do along the way. Like yeah. you can set yourself up to participate in these kind of things and you can, um, it's not to say that like you can't have really cool projects that like leverage all this stuff. I think people who are like, this is the metaverse world are like, you know, it's you're making technically <laughs> not, not something that you can back up anytime super soon. But yeah. um, I think it's as like a vision of something that people are working towards. I also think that's something that, you know, with sci-fi and uh, whether it's like pop, pop culture kind of stuff that is like people see Dick Tracy, like talking into their wristwatch phone. <laughs> and now you can do that. So I think it's more like that where it's like a vision of people where people want to get and less of like a technical spec of like how it's what it's going to be. So I also think it's very much fluid in terms of, um, you know, different people have different opinions and they're all going to give their opinions and they're going to discuss it. And some people are, are going to move theirs forward more than others. And eventually you'll get to somewhere where there probably is more of like an augmented virtual reality kind of situation that integrates a lot of you know, NFTs, maybe you're paying like, you know, digital currency obviously makes a lot more sense if you're doing something like that. But I also realistically think it's probably further out than, than what people think, or at least what I would define as like a, you know, true metaverse. But at the same time, I also think that uh, technology moves really fast. And I bet you're going to be able to do really cool stuff that seems, or I mean, you can already do stuff that seems super futuristic, at least to me. So um, I think it will keep moving forward, but it's also sort of a, an end, end goal that people haven't actually like clearly defined yet. Yeah. I'm going to channel uh, Goober here um, because when <laughs> he talks about the metaverse, it's like insane. Um, but like, if you think about back in the day, people's visions for the future with flying cars, you know, everybody's flying, everybody's got jetpacks, doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, eventually they realized physics would get in the way of that. Um so then they decided, all right, we're just going to make life a video game, basically. And you think about Moore's Law, 
and you think about how, okay, every generation of technology is going to assist in making the next generation better until we get better, 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 better exponentially. Um, so the idea is we're, you know, the laws of physics don't apply in like virtual worlds, you know, and that's kind of why the EVM is so cool because it's a virtual world of money. It's like the limit is your imagination. And the metaverse is kind of the same thing where like we're trying to create these futures that were promised to us by movies and media um, and that are continuously promised to us. Um, but the laws of physics, like we're never going to have like matter converters, you know, we're never going to have crazy stuff like that. But you can put on your VR goggles and suddenly you're flying through the air, you know, turning lead into gold and, you know, doing a bunch of crazy stuff. And that's kind of like they're they're actualizing people's dreams in a way that is possible uh, within the realm of physics. And that's like what I see the metaverse as. And that's like, you know, you, we should get Goober on one day to talk about the metaverse because we he's should, like I've, a I've been wanting Goober mode. on for 10 episodes. He's, he's, he's a busy man. He uh, sleeps, he farts. Uh, so, so here's what I think of when you explain that though, right? So remember, you know, okay, so they launched uh, Facebook. The whole world gets on Facebook and now 37% of uh young girls between the age of 12 and 17 have these massive uh what do they call them uh shit complexes personality no, disorder like, a, like no like a complex, some sort of disorder like, like their entire self-worth is is made up on how many times somebody likes their picture on instagram right and the whole world has now become or, or at least it seems that you know what I mean? It's like we're going to present this life that I think I'm living to you to make it look better than yours. You yeah. know, I'm judging my insides by well, your outsides is essentially what I'm saying. This that's I I feel like there's that can go I mean someone I think mentioned Ready Player 1 like things can go like the complete opposite direction, right? Like maybe people get to be the person that they always wanted to be. And that's like, great. At the same time, maybe people like start pretending to be something to hide what they really are because they're, you know, people are just prejudiced against what they really are. And that just exacerbates that problem because like, instead of, you know, learning to accept them, you just learn to accept some avatar. That's not really them. Um, I also think sort of what Justin was saying is hundred percent, right. That was kind of where I was going is it is this sort of futuristic imaginary world where people get to do things that you, you're not able to do in the real world. But at the same time, if you just decide that like, okay, well like flying cars are the thing that we want, like that's where we're going to draw the line. And like everything else is going to be real, but we're going to have flying cars versus like mm -hmm. you take it and you're like, actually I would just like to like murder people every once in a while. And that's like, <laughs> like it, it's, and that's where I feel like it's there. There's like this, anything you can imagine, but there still needs to be some sort of, constraints around what people are doing i think to some extent or it's you kind of lose the social construct yeah. which is part of what it's like meant to represent i think yeah me and it's like the the like gamification of like social structures and crypto has this problem too it's why like the coins are so powerful and why you know i'm so careful with them it's like the guy who invented facebook likes uh, regrets it, you know, near Eyal, he talks about how it was the worst decision of his ever, his life. And if, you know, him doing that was perhaps one of the greatest evils in the world. It's like to, to make money in advertising because the margins are so small, 
you need to make your app addicting, you know? Um, and I think there need to be like new profit models to exist. Like the metaverse, like once it gets rolling, if it's implemented in like an evil way, or if it's implemented in a profit first uh, way, instead of like a technology first way, it's like, it will fuck a lot of stuff up. And I think some of it is like, I've talked a lot about how, you know, most jobs are bullshit and, you know, a lot of people are just going to be replaced by computers and, um, you know, like uh, all these corporate jobs. It, it's just people are just going to pop on their thingy. They're going to smoke their government sponsored weed and they're just going to like, you know, uh, live in their pod in their metaverse. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it's like uh, it, it's it's just I don't know it, it things like this, like companies like Facebook, like fucking put Facebook out of business. You know, it's like they just execute all these ideas in the most like cynical way possible. Um, and it just like scares me. The most shocking thing to me that came out of the Facebook whistleblower stuff was that people didn't know that they were doing that. Like I, I'm not like that in the know, but like I'm, I've known for a long time that they hired a bunch of like PhDs to study what's addictive and like yeah. scrolling and like, it's not, it was obvious. Which it was interesting to me that like, that was a revelation to people is that they actually did all this stuff in a kind of public way. And people didn't even realize it. When they made the infinite scrolling, I uninstalled it, not for any ethical reasons, but because I was literally getting addicted to watching those that, tasty videos. I, and I it's like, yeah, it's I'll impossible to not. And I'm like, I'm like really like, I have avoided like substances my whole life. I've like, been like you know have a pretty strong will so like i don't like have problems with a lot of stuff i mean sugar i eat a lot of tasty sweets uh but <laughs> that's like where i limited at but like like i just noticed one day that i was like 45 minutes in to just sitting on the toilet scrolling through these fucking videos i had shit like 30 minutes ago and i was still sitting on the toilet and i was like i was like you know having visions of elvis like with this bottle of pills just like pilled out on the toilet i'm like this is like really fucked so like and and twitter as well twitter is like in my opinion one of the least evil in in the way they go about development like their whole thing is like promoting people and you know trying to enhance the way we interact um, but it's still like even so bullshit uh it's not bullshit it's it's like uh, significant advancements in like psychology and technology, but it's like, it, it's bullshit in that it is not something, it's not like a generative product. It's not like all these free products where you are the product, all they're doing is sucking stuff out of you. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I would rather pay for something like, let me pay $10 a month for something that isn't like trying to kill me, you know, or that yeah. isn't trying to like ruin my life. Um, and it's just like the freemium, uh, mentality like the hey we're gonna make this super awesome app it's gonna be free but uh, we're literally going to ruin your life um, it, that's it's like telling it's really telling to me that none of these companies will accept the amount of money that they're making from advertisers from me as a subscription fee so like like you can't go to Hulu and pay them to not watch ads anymore or at least yeah. I don't know if you can or what but like I I I signed out of Facebook because I realized that like I was checking it when I was like, I don't even know why I'm looking at this and yet I keep doing it and I keep scrolling even though I don't actually care. So that was when I've, I've usually been pretty good about like trying to be self-aware if I'm like getting too wrapped up in something. So I just like, it was, it was a little bit of an effort to like unsubscribe, but I did, I did that. And then 
since it's like really interesting how it definitely I don't think about it once I don't look at it. Bingo. But, and then when you when I started thinking about it in terms of advertising, I was like, oh, if they if they wanted to, or if a lot of these companies wanted to, they could be like, okay, we're making X number per user per month or whatever the thing is, and have a subscription plan where you don't get ads and all, or whatever the thing is. Yeah. They're not going to do that because it's not just about making the money; it's also about influence and you know, yeah, making sure yeah. You control people's behavior. Yeah, it's like all these companies are investing in these projects and then like, hey, we're going to push your ads now. And it's just like it's like a corporate, you know, fuck fest. And we're the ones, you know, getting, you know, we have to mop it up, if you know what I mean. Um, it's just like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And even the advertisers are, are getting cued in, even like the lowest level advertisers are getting cued in on the addictive ASMR. Like, mm -hmm. how can we get people to click? Uh, shit and it's like it used to be like this dog is fucking your mom and he's epically awesome <laughs> click now and that was like the extent of like the psychology and it was just like oh okay awesome um, but now it's like they're really really like digging deep into like your your lizard brain trying to force you to click on this shit yeah. and it's just like it's really and congress is wrapped up in it they're investing in all these fucking companies and it's just like that's why that's why the coins are important so we can create an economy that doesn't rely on this shit. And that's why like public good is so important to like the Reaper team so that we can like help create these economies that don't rely on like corruption, that don't rely on addiction and things like that. And the coins are addicting kind of in their own way. But if you if you utilize them wisely as a developer or a business leader, um, they can be productive and generative. You just need to incentivize positive action and positive behavior um as opposed to the the opposite so um yeah it is just freaking it's really depressing um but it is what it is it's like all we can do is try to subvert it um and, and I, I mean to to make it a little more positive i also think it at least there it's like a discussion now that people are having and i think that it is possible that uh, people will, will want some sort of change at some point. Maybe they don't. I could just be, you know, totally wrong. But I think for a long time, I don't think we're, people were nearly as aware of, of how much effort was going into, into like controlling narratives and, and how much of it was, is psych, you know, manipulating people's psychology. Um, yeah. You know, I think we'll see how it, how it goes. I mean, yeah. the weird flip side of that is you can just keep using the same techniques to, keep getting your way so yeah i hate to be <laughs> depressive but at scale we're probably not going to do anything best for each person to kind of limit your social media and in terms of the metaverse uh long term it's an open-ended goal i feel see a lot of groups contributing and adding to it short term i hate to say it's going to be a mix of some vr stuff that already exists you know vr chat <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a basic wallet on your VR headset that you're connected to. It's probably going to be Ethereum only. So you're just going to be all up in, I guess, buying stuff and sitting down. And just like Lakarusu says, you can dress up as an anime girl, yeah. maybe swap a token. But beyond that, it's it's going to be very, <laughs> very like kind of prototypey, you know? Just yeah, dressing up as anime out. girls and swapping tokens is like the ultimate <laughs> ideal life of like. Bro, if you don't show up next here. week as an anime girl, Justin, that's it. We're done. We're not friends anymore, bro. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. We've been talking about Facebook for half hour. Uh, so we only have a couple of topics left. Validators officially lowered to 500K. I still think it's about still five high. times too high. However, that being said, 
Uh, Mike Kong and Andre did give us a really good explanation at the conference as to why they're going slowly with this, um, because it needs to be done in a very metered manner. You cannot get too decentralized too quickly. It will screw things up. Am I mm -hmm. correct yeah. in that assumption? Yeah. It's experimental, yes. dude. You yeah, go ahead, double curve. You're the god of validators. Yes, yes. Proof, so, like proof of stake, it it only all of this is economic theory. Proof of stake works if you're risking a lot of money. Uh, if you lower the amount of money that people are risking, you're not as incentivized to behave in the right way. That's if you lower it too quickly uh, with a volatile token price. You know, a hundred thousand dollars seems like too much. It should be or whatever, and then all of a sudden you know, Evergrande does something and then the token goes down <laughs> and now like you don't want to end up in a situation where like you, you make it too easy to, to have uh, too much power on the network. And that's, that is sort of the flip side of proof of stake um, that, you know, I think there's valid arguments against some of it because you are to some extent relying on people, you know, you know, good, good intentions and that they're not being malevolent, but like, that's that is like you, if you do it too fast, you ruin the whole model. So it has to be slow and it has to be expensive. Yeah. Okay. Eventually it might be cheap, but like we need like a super amazing core of validators that like manage a lot of the uh, right. the network throughput. And making them cheaper does not make them decentralized. Yeah. That means that 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 person that I mentioned who has however many hundreds of millions of phantom that maybe you don't have, maybe they now control. 60% of the network because they just were like, hey, that'd be cool if I could just do whatever I want. That's what you're protecting against. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I think the, the foundation is like smart as fuck with, with how they execute their plans. Um, they're not just trying to like make everything VC friendly instantly, uh, which is just like getting those stats up. Um, they're, they're like, well, yeah, <laughs> they're going... Uh, they're going slow. And double sharp. When are you? When when are you doing validators as a service, dude? So you can manage um, the Reaper validator. I, I I wrote the contracts like two months ago. I just have. When are you? We need you to manage our validator, dude. I am not smart enough. All right. I I I have. I'm gonna. I keep thinking. I want to dust it off. And also, I mean, that's the other thing is. So I guess one like flip side of it going down the five hundred thousand is that it does. It does make me a little bit. Some of the stuff that I was thinking about doing, it is a little bit more realistic if with a lower tier of validator. Uh, it was still kind of a lot for people to throw money into yeah. um, the way I was I said it before. So I think that this does it starts opening up some opportunities um, for for uh, other you know other kind of shared contracts and stuff. I also saw a comment that it, this is uh, propaganda by established validators. I personally do not have a validator. I've set up validators for other people. Uh, and I've set up read-only nodes, but I'm just yeah. describing proof of stake. Yeah, I also don't have a validator. I don't think anyone here has a validator. It's just like, this. They it seriously needs to go this slow. Um, and ABFT is still like two years or however long Phantom has been like testing and, and in production is like nothing um in the in the grand scheme of things so i'm glad they're they're taking things slow because i don't want another like stop or slow down or something uh like there was last year uh -huh. that would suck and it will i mean it it will keep expanding i think i mean five hundred thousand 
if it's still too high, it's, it's, uh, you know, 50% reduction from what it was. So that's still a pretty, you know, if somebody told you that something was 50% off, that's, you know, a hefty, a hefty discount on the price that it was doesn't mean that over time, it's not going to keep going down, especially if the token price keeps going up. But yeah, if it, if it's in like right now, like the, I think sort of what Justin was saying, maybe 500,000 is too high. But you can't just drop it down to like ten thousand right now because yeah. that like ruins the whole thing. So yeah, Harry Yay or Roosh or somebody should like OTC specifically to one year locking validators at like two bucks a phantom or whatnot, and then we can get some like serious people in here. It's just like all the people with enough to just like make a ton of validators. Like they need to distribute their tokens. It's the same whale problem we were talking about earlier with Exodia. It's like all these whales like. They're, they're trying their own thing. They're trying to make it happen. But, like, uh, you know, distribute some of those coins a little bit. OTC yeah. to Coinbase, you fuckers. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I'm always, I feel like I'm too, I like, logical to a flaw sometimes. Like, I look at some of this stuff as all just being necessary when people are like, oh, so-and-so is dumping tokens. And I'm like, yeah, they have to. It's I love it. Like, yeah. Also, why wouldn't they? Because, like, they bought them to make a profit. And, like, now they're going to do that. But yeah, they're, like they're going to drop the price a little bit when they do it, and they're taking their profits. Someone else is going to see this as being a good deal and buy it up. These are all like the market yeah. forces that everybody wants to participate in. Yeah, That's I think we need we need like a really solid OTC market, um, and like. Yeah, that's that's one thing that's missing—a pure P2P market. AMMs are just too efficient and too it's it's too easy to make money. Um, oh, oh, I have I have a little bit of alpha on that. Okay. Uh, I, I had a call with the guys from Metric Exchange this morning. God, I hope I didn't screw their name up just now. Yeah, Metric Exchange. Okay. They work with OX. They're the uh, hmm. build.finance DAO, right? Yeah. And they, it's in the works. They're, they're working on a peer-to-peer OTC order matching decentralized dealio. He told me about it this morning. I'm so glad that I explained that in the most technical way possible. But but uh, exactly <laughs> what you just said is what they are working on. OX is going to hopefully have that yeah. and have it on Phantom. Yeah. I mean, dudes, dudes, like, I mean, the tough thing is, like, uh, that isn't, like, a super solution to the whales because, like, if you're going to sell a million Phantom for two bucks a piece, you need to force them to lock for a year in a validator or something like that. Um, but it is a good solution for like dolphins and, and people who uh, would maybe move the market a little too much. But um, that's actually, I can I have almost written that contract. So yeah, I mean I've I've written it, but it's like not like I don't want to provide the front end and developer support to have it live oh, yeah. on the network. Yeah, it's like it's like if I could deploy every contract I wrote and had enough developers <laughs> to do that, that would be like a wit. I just. I just try and show my contracts on other people to get them finished. <laughs> oh, I was doing, I was trying that for months and even they don't want to do it. I was like, dude, look at this contract. You will definitely make money. You don't even need to touch it like maybe once a week. And they're like, eh, once a week. Um, but much. yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, you oh just, yeah, you just, need we got to move on from this. We got to move on mainly Steve. because if I don't end this show at some point soon, I'm going to piss my pants. All right. Um, I need to pee as well. This is super, super important. And I need the Justins to get involved in this. All right. Here's why I threw this in here. I'm on a bunch of multi-sigs now, right? And I'm seeing a trend happening where um, obviously, you know, it's great to have a multi-sig. It's great to have your contracts under a multi-sig protection. 
and it's not a catch-all for rugs. Uh, and can you guys explain to the new people what a multi-sig is and what it is not? Or I you can, can go it won't be as far. cool as you guys. I mean, like in a, in a somewhat non-technical term, I think some people get thrown off by hearing wallet. It's not a user wallet. It's a contract that, that requires multiple people's signature from their user wallet to perform some action. It might hold currency or funds, but it doesn't necessarily have to. You could also use it to call other contracts. So if your multi-sig own, is the owner of a contract, then instead of like, so if I own, if my wallet is the owner of a contract, I can update a value, change some rate, change, you know, withdrawal fee, whatever. If I make the multi-sig the owner of the contract and there's some number of people on it and it requires you know, some majority of them to, to approve the transaction. Now it's not a unilateral decision to make that change. It requires four of seven or three of five or whatever the number is to, to execute that change or send that money to somebody. So it's, it's really just so that there's not one person unilaterally making a decision. Because if it was a DAO and everybody votes on doing something, I could still go rogue and not do that thing. It's, yeah. It's kind of yeah, I mean, it's a really powerful tool, um, uh, but it's still like a high trust tool. Um, like I describe uh, governance systems as like centralized, democratic or algorithmic. Um, and this would be centralized government governance. So it's like super powerful. Um, it's maybe more democratic than like just one guy owning everything. But at the end of the day, like these are people that are likely very closely connected and can collude very easily. Um, so it is like a super, super high trust thing. So even if money is in a multi-sig, like you need to ensure that at least like 90% of the people, or at least two thirds of the people or whatever on it are high, 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 high trust. Um, right. and it does like minimize the effect that one person can have on a protocol. Um, but it is literally like we can execute arbitrary code from this multi-sig. And a lot of times it's, we can execute arbit arbitrary code as the owner of this code base from the multi-sig, um, which, you know, Reaper, we're, we're on a multi-sig until we have a token in governance. So it's like us, us doing that is why I am on here and is why we're doing customer support nonstop and is why we're in the Discord nonstop and is why we're all a message away because it is like, it's not like super high risk, but it is riskier than like either no um, ownership or uh, governance. Um, so it's like you need to ensure that you feel comfortable with the people that are signing that multi-sig. Because it's like a lawyer holding funds in escrow, you know, shooting them out for people or an accountant or something like that. It just, it spread, it requires that more people be bad actors, but that absolutely does not, I mean, that happens literally all the time that there's multiple bad actors and that right. everyone's colluding together to do something. Not and I'm not referring to crypto. There's people who go to jail and don't go to jail for doing this kind of stuff all the time. So, I mean, I think that is and that like going back to what we were talking about earlier. That was like the red flag with Giza is like, if, you know, it doesn't. Some of the stuff doesn't matter if you're still not willing to to be accountable. And that's sort of what um, multi-sigs are about is somewhat accountability so if you have a bunch of like trusted people who are anonymous on a multi-sig like it doesn't actually mean anything at that point um, so you are it is it is sort of one of the interesting things about crypto is that there is still a lot of trust involved so you have to 
um, you're just sort of making, it's a different way of trusting a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you why I wanted to throw that in there. Cause I mean, Exodia is really what kind of made me think, Oh God, this needs to be explained to some new people. Right. Cause I was getting DMS like, and the theme of the DM was that I'm somehow a part of that team. Right. And I am not a part of that team. I'm not a part of any team except the FGM alerts team. And so, uh, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a bunch of multi-sigs and I'm getting asked to be on more. Right. And it's, Really, like Liquid Driver, Scream, those guys, I'm signing transactions on the regular for them because they're constantly doing stuff with their platform, right? Um, as far as Exodia, you know, it's an ohm fork. So really, probably it's just going to run. And this morning, he put the treasury under the multi-sig. Cool, right? So maybe there will be some uh, conversations if something needs to happen. That's where the LP exists. That's where the, you know, the die and phantom and all that happy shit exists so anyhow i just wanted to kind of throw that out there for anyone that's new if you see that person xyz is on a multi-sig it's great but it is not a rug prevention necessarily uh depending on who holds the tokens and and what could particularly happen so all right that's all that's all i wanted to drive home with that and, one and the underlying protocol matters too right because a multi-sig like it it depends on what you're actually controlling with it. So if, mm -hmm. if there's, it doesn't mean that you, the multi-sig controls everything. So there's risky things that can happen outside of a multi-sig. Yeah. And it's like a lot of the security of it is like the developer limiting the power of the multi-sig as much as possible. Um, and that's like something only like a security engineer or someone who's experienced in writing solidity can suss out. Um, so, Look for audits. Um, auditors, that's a really easy thing to tell. And and even the cheapest audit um, will will point out issues with centralization and stuff like that. And I'm not, I also just want to clarify, I'm not like saying that multi-sigs are bad in any way and they are good in almost all situations, but you shouldn't just think that they cover everything and that, you know, that, that there's no risk because there's a multi-sig because it 100% matters who the people are, how it's set up. All that stuff. Yeah, it's a balance of convenience and security. And a multi-sig for a lot of use cases is like right in the middle there. Um, but yeah, uh, for like shitty forks whose teams are all anon and uh, who don't like talk to you or anything, like just be careful. Uh, yeah, even even with a multi-sig, anything can happen. Anything. All right, moving on. Last topic. So we had somebody on uh, Twitter say let's let's talk about new projects new project corner and i am doing so many calls that i figured i would just like run through the teams that i spoke with since the last episode 24 is yawning dude you need a celsius bro yeah get you one <laughs> no caffeine no caffeine <laughs> so i the energy from inside all right here here here's who i chatted with this week so uh mimo capital Really, really like these guys. They've been deployed on uh, Ethereum and Polygon. They're another lending platform. I, I would liken them similar to my, uh, but just a, a very strong team. Like if you dig into them and you learn who the team is, they're going to be deploying on Phantom here pretty soon. Definitely we'll get them on for an AMA. Uh, Campeki Finance, we hashed them out earlier. Yeah. Uh, I'm super bullish on them. Supa Foundation, S-U-P-A. I, I don't know if you guys remember, they were, so like anytime I see somebody do a poll on Twitter on which network should we deploy on or which network do you like the best? All I see is, man, you're just trying to get some activity on your Twitter account, Gage right? Me. That's all I see. Please. However, 
I spoke with uh, Brian from Super Foundation, and I freaking love this guy, right? He was He's not in my time zone. He's clear across the world. And he was up at like 5 a.m. his time to make sure he could get on a call with me. And, you know, camera's on. And we, we chatted about what – this is what got me thinking about metaverse because that was a word he kept dropping to me, metaverse, metaverse. That's where we're kind of going with this. And it's like a play-to-earn game, but, like, your character is a little ball of COVID. And, like, it's – I don't know. It's kind of cool shit, right? So, all right, Justin, drink your Celsius. <laughs> Uh, the art wallet guys, I actually spoke with them today. Um, I don't know if you saw, they did a presentation at, at Phantom DC. That's, uh, Dima Nazar. They're, they're the founders of Hacken. If you guys know Hacken, Hacken is art wallet, same people. Um, and so they're just, they're just badass. They're just doing all sorts of wild shit and metaverse also. And then I also spoke with wing swap and vampire swap. Uh, they're, you know, I don't really get into the yield farm, so um, I like the teams, but we'll have to just kind of see what they produce. And that was my week. Of- I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a big like rubber stamp that says like just BS, and then I'm gonna have you mail me all like your rap sheets of the new projects you're talking to, and I'm just gonna go through like. <laughs> no, these 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 things sounded cool, and I'm excited to see them. Uh, but yeah, uh, when I hear buzzwords, I just like shiver a little, just because like. I've been I've been in the industry uh, a little too long, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I like I like new projects, no matter what they are. Um, and as long as it, I like unique stuff, if anybody's coming up with like a unique thing, um, like come to us and talk to us. And it sounds like people doing some pretty unique stuff are talking to you, Austin. Um, but yeah, uh, pretty dope. Um, I want a unique thing that doesn't have a token. Uh, that would be extra yeah. cool. This is um, not DeFi, but I've, and I won't go into like too many details. I, one interesting thing I have found with doing NFTs, which I'm not totally sure how I got as involved with that as I did, but uh, it is, I've, lately I have noticed a little bit of a shift with some of the NFT projects where people are not just trying to pump stuff out. Some of them are getting a little more interesting. People care about, you know, ensuring that rarity is, provably random and all sorts of stuff like that, which I think is cool. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot more sort of mature NFT projects that aren't just like an NFT with a DAO or whatever, but it's, and some of them are like legitimately art, like whatever. But I do think it's kind of cool to see people putting like higher effort NFT projects together. Um, yep. So that's, that's something that I've, I've liked to see too. Nice. Yeah. And, and just so y'all know, like whenever we're talking about a project, very rarely, I don't know about you guys, but very rarely am I talking about their token. Like, I don't know what their token is going to do. It could mm-hmm. do X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. And I noticed somebody said Art Wallet. I checked their tokenomics and I don't know what it does. Well, yeah, I, I don't even know what their tokenomics are. I have absolutely no idea. It didn't come up in the conversation. But if they're building something cool, that's really where I want to at least learn about it. Because a lot of these guys, they're talking in a language I don't get. So I have to grab the 10% that I can and then go research it and be brought up to speed later so that I can at least talk about it in somewhat of an intelligent manner. Yeah. Um, a tough thing, a tough thing with like, like high margin, like VC heavy, like areas like this is like, people will learn the jargon and then they'll spit it at you knowing full well, you don't know what it means just so they can sound just so they can like build up that ethos um so this is not to you austin because you're more than smart enough to figure out whether someone's a bullshit or not but that's more to like 
the audience here um, because like we're going to keep getting these forks popping up talking about like their long-term plans xyz um and like if you're new to crypto like just like look at the next like three months or two months or one month it's the same as the apy it's like just look at the near-term future and if that makes it worth it for you um then then you know move in there but um just like i it's like i i like we're, we're coming out with like a technical advisory like package security consultancy type thing and i'm talking to a lot of these guys and it's just like dude it's like did you just read like most like best buzzwords.com for DeFi? <laughs> yeah it's just uh just you know careful Drink yeah, a Celsius no, and then talk to them, and then you'll be on another level. <laughs> also, I think for some of this too, there's a, um, it's like obviously related, but there is a not tight correlation between a token and an idea for a project because a lot of this stuff is like weird Ponzi economics to fund a different tech idea that you have. So if somebody does have a good idea and they produce some cool stuff and their tokenomics don't support their idea, someone else will take their idea and reproduce it, make some improvements, put different tokenomics behind it. Yeah. Uh, that's happening with lots of other projects too. So I think, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I, I'm also definitely not recommending anyone buy anything nor have I looked into it, but um, some of this stuff is kind of interesting to see come to Phantom, even if it doesn't end up being a necessarily a good in, investment opportunity or whatever, just if it is a new idea that's kind of pushing, yeah. pushing, Thing forward because someone will be able to take that and make something out of it. More tech is always good, um, and and as long as it's not like a, a copy paste, uh, then I mean copy paste could be good for the economy. Just like you know, minting more shit coins, creating more notional wealth. But um, tech is like like Double Sharp said, especially open source tech. It just will reiterate uh, a million times, and then eventually, like someone may like hit the nail on the head, and then we'll have a beautiful new project on Phantom. Um, so it's just exposing our ecosystem to more cool stuff, um, which is go. dope. So this guy over here says, Austin, you say everyone's a great guy. Do you ever talk to projects and think, fuck that? that one of those. <laughs> so the, the only one that comes to mind, <coughs> and I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't want to like FUD the token. Um, 24 and, and double know who this is, but they've been mentioned a few times in the comments and I'll just say their overall theme is, orange and i won't go any further than that um but that guy seems super duper entitled to me in all of the messages and he was like demanding an ama and I'm like bro did we do this shit for free like nobody's got time to do this with you right now man frank uh, ocean i knew it who frank, channel orange. frank ocean creator of channel orange <laughs> I don't even know who that is, bro. Oh, I was we got questions now, Austin. We gotta, we gotta get out of here. I gotta close. I this need episode. to pee really bad, and I have yeah, a meeting. Yeah, me too. Minutes, me so. too. All right, I'm gonna close it out. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us. My name is Austin with FTM Alerts. We will catch you on the next live stream. Oh, stay tuned. Yoshi, Yoshi Exchange live tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. Catch y'all later. Peace.